Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoops Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Oh, gracious, good evening. And an emergency podcast, more or less. Russell Westbrook traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. And... Did I say that right? Yes, for John Wall and a pick. Okay. Yes. Now, before we get into our opinions, reactions, all that good stuff, let's just break down what that pick means. It's nuanced in a way. Won't come about until at least 2023 when it will be lottery protected. So if they don't get that pick in 2023 because it falls in a lottery 24 pick, which is top 12 protected, and then if they don't get it at that point, it's a top 10 protected pick in 2025, and then top 8 protected in 2026. And if it's not conceived by 2026, it turns into a second rounder in 26 and a second rounder in 27. So this is a future trade for sure because it won't happen until 2023. And at the latest, it wouldn't happen until 2026. So, with in terms of the pick, but let's talk about the players, Phil. It's a little overcomplicated. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But let's talk about the players. We got John Wall. Also, small thing 2023. Yes. 2023 is probably the double draft now. Yes, yes. With the is, is, And that would be the Bronny James draft. No, right? Is it? Oh, I think you're right. I think it I is. Know. I think it is. <laughs> but it the Rockets more ammo to scoop up Bronny. That's neither here nor there. Let's and talk about okay, yeah. what happened here, Phil. We got John Wall. He's a Houston Rocket. We got Russell Westbrook. He's a Washington Wizard. What are your initial thoughts of the trade? Does it make sense? kind of big picture takeaways about why this trade happened late on me. So, yeah, um, it, it's a very interesting trade. It kind of happened out of nowhere. We were kind of thinking nothing was going to happen, especially yesterday. There were still rumors coming out that the Rockets were planning on running it back. But honestly, I think the Rockets probably made the best deal they could get at this point. I don't think they were getting any like, Hail Mary offers from like the Knicks or the Hornets for somebody for like all their picks or prospects for them anymore. And this is probably their best option. Getting maybe a less extreme version of Westbrook could be better for the Rockets. Whereas a more extreme version of John Wall might be better for the Wizards. So I, they're also getting that pick who knows what that's really going to convert to. But yeah, I think the Rockets for what they have now, they can still kind of be liquid and kind of move with their picks, maybe move Harden if they need to. Where are you, where is your head at? Yeah, I think there's a few sides to the, and you can kind of from both team angles, both player angles. I want to start with the Westbrook thing. So take us back to when it's leaked. Westbrook wants to get out. And everybody's like, you know, one year, wow, didn't give much of a chance, but we get it. It didn't seem like he was really playing his game. He didn't look fully comfortable, whatever. And everybody's pitching all these trade ideas for Westbrook. People are saying the Hornets. People are saying the Knicks, the Cavaliers. I There's even some Clipper talk out there. And every trade I heard didn't make sense, in my opinion, at least. I, I didn't see any team. No, yeah, you have, you have support of the boardroom. Yeah. So, you know, any of those teams that I just mentioned, whether you have to give up young players like the Knicks, Cavaliers, or Hornets would, or if you're the Clippers and you give up a star – and Paul George, which is being pitched, which I also found equally ridiculous. It just didn't make sense. Forget the yeah. contract on the basketball court. 
So I think what this trade really says at the end of the day, Phil, is Russell Westbrook did not have a market, you know, and yeah. the Rockets wanted to move. very quickly. Yeah, the Rockets wanted to move him it because been he a little wanted heavy. to be moved. Yeah. And I just don't think there were a lot of takers, which is crazy to see for a guy who's been relatively durable, just made third-team All-NBA, former MVP. But that's just where we're at with Russell Westbrook at this point. And I think he'll be pretty decent for Washington. You know, that this probably turns him into a solid playoff team. I don't see them winning a first-round series still, but I'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. Right. And I guess that's what they wanted. From the Houston side, I get why you think this is. Uh, you think this is Beal? This is a better long-term bet on Beal. It might be. It might be. We'll see. We've seen how the Westbrook thing goes. You know, it sounds like a good idea until you actually do it. And right. I mean, how many stars have we seen really like want to play with Westbrook more after getting a taste of it? We saw it didn't work out Paul George, obviously Kevin Durant, now James Harden, and they were supposed to be friends. It just seems it's, – it's, it's a trend at this point. And I'm not trying to crap on yeah. Westbrook, but it's just the proof is in the pudding. So from the Houston Rockets, I get why you say that they got the better end of the deal, but it all depends on John Wall's health because if he's not healthy, then you just have a guy taking up money and who's doing nothing because that's what he's been doing the last two years. So that's complete question mark at the pick. And I actually do think when he's healthy, he is kind of a better fit with Harden than Westbrook was from the standpoint that he was turning into a decent – Yeah, and he was turning into a better shooter. You know, his three-point numbers at his best were better than Westbrook's. He's always been a better defender. And I think he's a little more willing to pass. Westbrook will have big assist numbers – I think I think John is more of a true point than Russ. So putting yeah. all those things together, yeah. I get why it could make more sense on the court. But again, it's an albatross of a contract because of the health. We'll just see. And Phil, I have a question to you. Phil, my question for you is this. We look at these two players who got traded, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and how their contracts have turned just bad. Wall in the case of injury and Westbrook, not really in the case of anything. He's been Russell Westbrook these past two years, and mm. the contract is not good. But when he got the contract signed, that Supermax that we all talk about, nobody really blamed the Thunder. It was just kind of what the – Nobody batted an eye. Kind of what the Thunder had to do. Does, is, this, is this kind of a study in what's wrong with the Supermax and why we may have to reevaluate things because – it just seems like tracks, unless you're dealing with LeBron or Durant, Curry, Kawhi, Giannis, you know, like those guys that just you just you do what you do team because they're just so right. resistant to anything. Like their value can't be quantified, essentially. But yeah, when you look at Westbrook, and nobody's doubting Westbrook's a great player, Hall of Fame player, has an MVP award. We get it, but of him being a title worthy player in the sense that he could be a top two player in a title and when it's a long question so what's so, so my my, qu- <laughs> my my question is like what do we make super max 
do we have to fix it? Right. Is, is this the issue? Is this just uh, yeah. the way the cookie crumbles? Deal with it, suck it up. I, in the sense of the cookie crumbling, I think it really does kind of tie in with that. Because I think the Supermax, no matter what number it's at quantifiably, it's all perception. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the Supermax is at, it's always a perception that the best player on your team is going to want or think he deserves the Supermax when really only a certain select few, like maybe the top five or six people in the league deserve it, rightfully so. Yeah. But these teams like the Hawks, they're soon going to have to figure that out. Um, probably the Grizzlies with John Morant and maybe the Knicks with RJ Barrett, if he jumps like jumps a notch up, they're going to have to figure out where it's like, this guy is not anywhere near like statistically a super max type deal, but that's the only way we're going to get him get a kid to come to stay with us, or we're going to get someone to come play for us. Like the, the it's this example of the Hornets getting Gordon Hayward. They had to they in super max him, but they heavily overpaid because his first option was probably Indiana. If he couldn't get that, he probably would have preferred New York over Charlotte. These small market teams have to essentially gut their salary just to keep these top level talents or get new ones. So it's kind of a problem of the perception in the league and teams can't really fight it because they can't just be like, all right, you can walk because then they, they've yeah. just lost everything they've garnered. So it's kind of a catch 22, but yeah, I don't think changing the supermax or like what the cap for the supermax would be is going to do anything. Yeah. It's just going to, you know, change the perception, but it's just me. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of unfortunate to me because it seems like yeah. when you get these type of players, you either have to just sign them or you kind of see the writing on the wall and you try to get off of them before you have to pay them. And that's what right. and the clock starts as soon as you meet them, essentially. Yeah. And that's what the Kings did with the Marcus Cousins, who a lot of people were very critical of that move. And looking back, I'm, mm. I'm not saying they got blue chip guys out of that deal, but they got something. And it's more than it's right. more than what DeMarcus Cousins is worth right now, I'll tell you that much. And it's also what the Bulls did with Jimmy Butler. Yeesh. It's it's also what the Bulls did with Jimmy Butler, though, because they didn't pay him all crazy money. They knew they are going to have to eventually. So they said, let's just get what we can before we have to get our feet held to the fire and maybe lose them for nothing. So right. it's just tough. It's just tough. I wish there's a middle ground. I don't know what it is, but – that's just kind of a big. I don't think it exists. Yeah, it might. It might not exist, and it might just be the harsh reality we live in. You know, either you draft a young, and he's worth it, or you draft an in-between guy like a John Wall when he was healthy. You know, he wasn't a top five guy, but you know, he's a fringe top ten guy when he was healthy. I believe that. But yeah, no, but you got to and you got to keep him yeah, around. You got to pay him money, but that's just the way it is. Right. So yeah. that's just kind of a big picture thing I thought of, but let's talk about, let's talk about the Rockets. Yeah. The- can I add one? Yes. Yes. Can I add one small caveat? Yes. Earlier from before you were talking about John Wall, he shot, um, oh, what was it? He shot 38% from just standstill threes. I think it was either his career or it was the last four or five years, which I think is a solid, you know, groundwork for when Harden is kind of taking control of the ball and he's facilitating, maybe he'll kick it out to John Wall. Cause that's a lot better of a, option for Harden to kick out to than Westbrook, who shot 32% of the same kind of attempts. Yeah, Wall definitely improved. So sometimes, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I thought it was like an so, eye test thing, too. You know, he comfortable. Again, it's been a while since we actually saw her in action, but for sure. And Right. Yeah, we can use that to pick teams as well. So Rockets and Wizards, where they stand now. 
let's let's begin with Houston, Phil. And you know, Houston, it's been a ridiculous off season, obviously. Yeah. You know, do you before we talk about how we think they're going to look on the court? What do you think this means for James Harden? Do you think this is just kind of the inevitable get inevitable beginning to the end? Or I mean, there's reports that Harden wanted John Wall, and you take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But right, what does this mean for Harden in your in your eyes? I, I think he's kind of got a foot out the door. Um, I don't think the Rockets are going to ship him out before the season starts because they know that they can get as much, they can get a lot more for him as the bidding war continues. Mm-hmm. So they're going to let it go for as long as it can go. I assume it won't go farther than the trade deadline, but they're going to let it just milk until, you know, the Celtics come in with like a ridiculous offer of like 14 picks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I entirely agree. There's no reason to be reactionary to what James Harden wants. They paid him. All right. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. J- like, you know, James, we gave you your money. All right. We know you want to leave and we're going to work to get you out of here. But we have to just do, chill here for a yeah, minute. You know, we got to do what's best for hang, us. Hang back. I still believe in my heart that they're waiting for the Sixers to come around because when you trade James Harden, Anthony Davis, guys like this, obviously you want draft picks, but it's it's nice to get that blue chip guy. And the Pelicans got like a, a blue chip junior in Brandon Ingram. Obviously he wasn't a star, but I mean he's an all-star yeah. at age twenty two, twenty three. Like that's that's a really nice piece. I think they're waiting on yeah. that Ben Simmons chip to come around and I believe it will You know, that's I think just, at some point it will yeah. I and agree. that's just kind of my gut feeling. Like Brooklyn, you could throw all the picks you want at the wall, you can throw Karis Levert. If Houston has a chance to get Ben Simmons, twenty four year old special, unique talent then that's the trade. That's the trade they have to make. And I think that's the trade they're waiting on. So, And um, can I ask you, if that happened, if that happened tomorrow, what would you see as the Rocket, like happening with the Rockets for this whole season? If they had a whole season of this Ben Simmons, essentially straight up James Harden for Ben Simmons, whatever else, little pieces to kind of get the cap to or the money to work. What would that roster for the Rockets look like? Well, well, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen soon. But if it did, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like theoretically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with John Wall here, obviously that's the mystery box that nobody can even predict because we haven't seen him in two and a half years. But yeah, I, I would like the team for Ben because there's still a lot of shooting around him. He can kind of have the keys a little bit more, and mm. go downhill, do his thing on offense. You know, they're surrounding him with shooters already. You kind of build a team around Ben a similar way you build a team around James. They just play completely differently. But you want to out. You want to give him room to work. And we've never really seen Ben fully unleashed. He's always been trying to blend in with Joel or blend in with Jimmy Butler or whatever they're doing. Whatever in the, the dunker si- spot. Yeah, yes, what, yes, yes, the yes, Sixers are throwing at the wall. But in terms of results, like they wouldn't be a top team hovering around the eight seed. You know, I probably view. Them Pelicans, where like if things break absolutely right, they could probably sneak into the playoffs. But that that's that's how I. And yeah, I I don't know. I think the Rock would be kind of stalwarting themselves because the pick the thing now they can't like they have no picks they can offload to get someone to get Ben Simmons a co-star. They're essentially stuck running for the next two or three years with Ben Simmons, Christian Wood, John Wall, maybe Demarcus Cousins if he comes back and their litany of, like, background people. 
and that could be a decent team, but you're essentially just treading in water when you have this like great player when you could definitely get a could try to get a better option, but you literally can't because you've sold everything for this Westbrook or Chris Paul, whatever. Yeah, well, they have managed to get a little bit. You know, they got a little bit in the Covington trade, which they ended up flipping, and it's a future first now. They have a future first from this wall trade. So I, I think that's kind of – that was some of their motivation. It was like insurance because they know they know the day is coming. So they're trying to plan a little bit. I get what you're saying, Phil. It's definitely not an ideal situation for a young right. rebuilding team. But and then Benson's, you got to worry about Ben Simmons. You got to worry about Ben Simmons being like, I don't want to be here. I mean, I'm sure – Theoretically, he would probably love it in Houston. But, yeah, I mean, eventually, like, the game, like, he's going to get tired of just, like, booling in Houston. And it's not going to be like he's going to hang out I in Houston it, like Jimmy Butler a... went to Miami. And Yeah, no, it's far in the future. Yeah, it's a problem for another day. You know, like, if it's <laughs> for a disgruntled James Harden, then that's the move you got to do. But, yeah, let's talk about the team right now for now, Phil. Because yeah. I, James Harden's going to be their opening day. I firmly believe that. Do you have... Any expectations from the Rockets? Again, it's hard to say because we don't know what John Wall is going to be. But like, what's the best case, worst case scenario for this Houston team? Before we get, um, yeah, just yeah, crazy yeah. in themselves. So best case, I mean, I don't know exactly if there's been anything out about John Wall like being ready to go. I mean, I've heard he's like he's done a bunch oh, of you, runs. You know, the workouts are good. The I've seen the workouts, yeah, good. but I've also seen him getting guarded by like. Okay, first of all, there's Kyrie, which is what different thing. A bad defender in the NBA, but still an NBA player. And then there's other runs where he's got, like, Michael Beasley guarding him or some random kid. Yeah. He's, like, obviously, like, barely six feet tall. So it's, like, these these workouts are always construed. We know that. But it'll be interesting to see, like, what kind of load management they run with him because he's been out for two years. He's, not, he's definitely not going to be conditioned like he needs to be, especially for the way he plays. So it'll be interesting to see how that works with Harden. Is he going to take a crazy load? But then they're gonna they have to worry about injuries with him if he gets he can keep the trade uh, stock up, if you will. And then the worst case, I would just see like James Harden essentially plays like Anthony Davis, and he barely does, and he's just waiting to get traded. And then they're just kind of until then. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that analysis, especially with the worst case. You know liked their offseason for the, their free agency in particular I, I thought the Christian Wood trade Christian Wood signing was the best deal of the offseason honestly yeah you know with all with all the overpay a 24 year old Christian Wood for three years 41 million I thought was a great deal DeMarcus Cousins again no idea what to make of him but it's a nice yeah, high see what you have yeah high reward low risk low risk type of thing veteran minimum you know I still think this is a, a decent roster you James Harden who's a top seven player in the world you still have most of the infrastructure from last year. You still got solid shooting. And John Wall, we'll see. Like last year, you take Russell Westbrook away from their team. We're still fine. You know, in those in the beginning of the season when Westbrook when Westbrook was in and out of the lineup, they were still winning some games. And then in the playoffs, obviously they won some games with Westbrook out of the lineup. I think the the, the Houston's still gonna be a playoff time playoff team somehow James stays on the team the whole entire season, which I don't think they will. But, of course, John Wall. Do you think Eric Eric Gordon will be more of a factor in the the, uh, whole shtick? He could be. He's going to do his Eric Gordon thing. Eric Gordon always manages to make his presence known. 
no, I, I just think it's going to be more of the same with the Rockets. And then John Wall is just the wild card, which could go horribly wrong or could be better than we thought. I, I don't see them being better than last year because even though I think Wall's a little bit of a better fit, he's still going to be an inferior player to Westbrook. And right. they're still not going to win a second round playoff series. Like, there's no way they're not. Yeah. They're not beating Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets in a second round series. I don't see. It. So that's where I'm at with Houston. But at the end of the day, I I do think it's an inevitable end that James Harden. Will... So can we, can we wrap it back around or something? You said you were saying Harden was um one of the best seven in the world. Can we get a yep. specific list of who's who's before that? Because I feel like seven on Harden is kind of low. Oh, I gave my list. I'll give me. I'll give it again if you want. Six yeah. six players ahead of Harden. I have are LeBron, Curry, Giannis, Anthony Davis has jumped ahead of Harden for me. So that's my six. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I feel like AD and he's in the AD and Giannis category where you could argue that those three, at least for me, those three are fluid. I don't like the argument yeah. that Giannis is better. So hopefully that's not your shtick, but yeah, that's just where I'm leaning. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, for Harden, I, I think Harden's arguably the best offensive player in the game. I still think he's a bad defender and off ball. He pretty much just, folds out a lawn chair and says, do your thing. So that's where I'm at with Harden. I think he's a, yeah. you know, he's, a, he's an amazing player, but at times he's left me a little bit to kind of want some more. So. All right. That's fair. But Hey, the Rockets, you know, I, I'm the benefit of the doubt because they have Harden. I, I think they're still a good team because they have James Harden and some solid role players, but threat anymore. I think the days of the Houston Rockets being a, title contender are probably over which is kind of sad because yeah and seem to really go for it when the warriors were just rolling over the league and the rockets were the only franchise that kind of stepped to the play and said we'll challenge them and it kind of just yeah all, it was entertaining the whole way through yeah, but it just kind of all went for nothing which sucks because and i i, I do blame a few people because we look back phil and i think it's becoming more should have never been traded. And that's just the fact of the matter. Like they should have just rode out the James Harden, Chris Paul thing. And I blame Harden for that. I blame the owner, obviously, but you know, that's what should have happened. You don't blame Dan Tony. You don't think there was Dan Tony, Chris Paul strife. There might've been, but I'm pretty sure there was at some point or like rumored there could have been, but at the end of the day, it's turned because of that, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. I think one more season really couldn't have hurt them that much. You saw what you got out of Chris Paul and him being that like complimentary second guy, just doing whatever you needed every night would have been really perfect for what the Rockets needed at that point. Yeah. And, and obviously it's different. Especially this year too, if you can do it again and they now have like Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins and James Harden again. Yeah, absolutely. But and obviously it's different situations, Phil, but look at the return that the Thunder get for Chris Paul compared to the returns that Westbrook and Waller. That just says something to me in terms of how franchises are viewing those players right now. Yeah, no, it's also a sign of the times. I mean, last year, if this deal was to happen, I'm sure the Wizards would have tossed in some random player or like Jerome Robinson and probably another pick. It was probably a bigger deal last year than it was this year, but neither here nor there. Let's move on to the Wizards. Yeah. So let's move on to the Wizards. From my my perspective, the Westbrook thing makes it 
interesting because we're getting like just a all the way to the right or like a maxed out version of John Wall's game where it's you get the full athleticism, you get none of the jump shooting, and you're just going to see how it works with Bradley Beal. Well, what are you thinking like best case scenario for Wizards, worst case scenario? Yeah, best case scenario is like I, I, I liked the Wizards a little bit before the year film. You know, I was a little bit on Washington. You were, yeah, yeah, I know. And you loved Rui Hachimura. I like some of their pieces. I think Bradley Beal's awesome. I like I like the team. You know, I like the team. I don't think to I'm not saying the Wizards won the trade, but just for this one season, listen, they're not going to be at the top. And I think that there's four teams, probably at least five, maybe also. I don't know. You know, there's teams that are definitively better than them. Boston, Brooklyn, the uh, although there's injury concern there, I'm still going to go Brooklyn. Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I'm going to go Philadelphia as well, and then Miami probably are all yeah. The Raptors definitely will be better a than more questionable. All right, I know where you were with them. They yeah, become no, questionable in my book. Yeah. Okay. On agreed. Page. Agreed. Ra- all right. Yep, all right. Raptors are que- Raptors cool, are cool, questionable. Cool. Definitely got worse. The Pacers, I also think, are questionable. There seems to be some inconsistencies may i say in terms of like where this franchise is going right and the best player doesn't want to be there right now yeah i don't know it's just I, I'm, I'm and then the bottom least is the bottom least you know you know me and the hawks i'm not i'm not going to shoe in the hawks so at, at best i see the wizards being a six seed and having like a fun first round matchup with you know maybe boston or miami or something but probably losing in five maybe six but yeah that's realistically that's what they kind of always were so that's what they were with peak john wall too i mean they got lucky i'm not gonna say lucky because they obviously earned it but you know the east was even worse but the east was even worse back then when they had john wall and they were barely squeaking by first rounds so all right so then what's your worst case then let's go bottom worst case worst case i Phil, I, I don't. It's got to be Beal wants out. That is worst case. Yes, like ten days in, he's like, no, like I'm done. Yeah, this is a lot. I, yeah, that would be that would be worst case. But if this team stays intact, I don't see a way they miss the playoffs. I agree. Yeah, yeah. honestly. So, I, and that's just and it's it's interesting to say that because that that's just Westbrook in a nutshell, Phil. You know, like any team he goes to. Like, you think of a team that Westbrook is on and you compare their worst case to their best case, and it's usually not going to be that different because he's the ultimate floor raiser. It's just always questions about whether he can get teams to to the next level. So yeah. it's fitting that for me, like, their worst case is eight seed and their best case is six seed, and either way, they're probably losing a first-round series in six games, five games. Yeah, or maybe they're one of those interesting surprise knockouts in the uh, – because if they're the eighth or seventh seed, maybe they get knocked out by ninth or tenth. They they really just have that kind of oh, fluctu- yeah, I fluctuation. About that nonsense. Yeah, it's it's waning on me, but I do like the. There's so much cushion now. So you like for your whole Hawks thing where I they know, can't just, make the playoffs, they're gonna make at least the playoffs extended. I I don't like it, and also and also with my hot take of Dallas missing the playoffs. Now that's I too. I hope for that so much. I actually believe it, and we'll talk about it in our NBA preview. But I, I actually do believe it. And I've been crunching the numbers, and I, I I believe it. I mean, every other team got better, and they didn't. They got significantly worse by getting rid of their best shooter 
and secondary playmaker for someone that's a decent secondary playmaker, and that's it. And they just hope all these young guys yeah, will pick it up. All right, we'll we'll get to it at some point. We'll get to we'll it. Get to I got it. a lot. I got our I'm excited, slander. actually. We'll, we'll get to our Maverick slander. Uh, yeah, so that, that's where we're at with the Rockets and the Wizards. Quick wrap. It is what it is. It was kind of, it was kind of a sad trade, honestly, just yeah. because it's like these, these two guys that nobody wants, but they were good, but now nobody wants them. And who knows where their career is going? You know, Russell Westbrook, three teams in three years, and he's – and, and he made third at team All-NBA. Every time I think about that, it's just – it's crazy. I mean, the dude made third team All-NBA and nobody wants him. I mean, how, how often can you say that? Yeah, I mean, do you think he's disrespected? In what in what sense? From the sense of fans? From this... For me, I think it's – I think he's kind of disrespected in the light of people in, like, contention. Because a lot of what the teams that were going to send, like the the boat to get Westbrook, were all these bottom seller teams. Because I think the you know the cat's out of the bag. Essentially, you know he's going to be productive. He's going to be like a great leader, essentially, for the people that are there. And then that's it. Like, yeah, you're not getting anything that's going to translate to like significant winning basketball. You're just going to get almost guaranteed a playoff berth, and he's going to do crazy stats, and you're, he's going to be doing it in your jersey. So it's the best thing you could do. I just think it's yeah, interesting I, that like I, contention doesn't. Yeah, they're like no poison. You know, it's it's all about the risk reward. You know, yeah. you you add in the contract, and you know, would these teams not want Russell Westbrook on their team? All things being equal, like I'm sure some teams would, but you know, you have the contract. You're gonna have to give up young assets to get them. Like, what's it worth? You're probably gonna regret it. So I think that's just what teams kind of came to grips with. Yeah, but hmm. I'm 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 happy the Knicks stayed out of it. I'll say that I'm happy the Knicks <laughs> stayed out of all this mess. John Wall or, or Westbrook? You mean? Oh God, if we on Wall, is the, is <laughs> is there a Westbrook anarchy. trade that would that would have made you happy? Like, could you think of one? Honestly, because... I, I mean, I didn't want Westbrook. I was preparing for the worst, thinking like, okay, if we send off Julius and DS, DSJ, and then like this year's second round pick, which we did anyway for nothing, I would have been fine with it. I would have been okay with that. Yeah. I would have been happy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I get it, and it's just do you do does a team like the Knicks even want Russell Westbrook on their team? That's the question, and I'm, it's not because he's a bad player, but he's just never been a guy that's really made other players better, and like that's going to be a weird thing to say when he's retired because you look at his assist numbers and they're they're big, right? Yeah, yeah. but. Like you never looked at a Russell Westbrook team and said he's making the guys around him better. He might make his team better, but it's not because making, he's elevating yeah. the play of other people. And that's just as what it is at this point. So when you have young players, that's not really the type of guy you want. Like you talk about Gordon Hayward earlier and how they did overpay for him, which they did. They absolutely overpaid for him. But Hayward's a guy that makes life easier for other players. Right. You know, and I, I want yeah, I want him on the Knicks. So I thought he would have helped our young players. It make he makes the game easier, but Westbrook doesn't make the game easier for other players. Yeah, and for me, the clock started yesterday when the Hornets drafted Lamelo. Because if he's going to be as talented and good as everyone predicts him to be, you got to put him in the level of like a tier below Zion, where it's you already got to keep him happy. He's like Trey Young in some different kind of facet, where it's like, what can we do to appease you so you'll stay around? Because obviously, you get your first yeah. choice. You're bolting from Charlotte. <laughs> 
to, to Detroit to link up with Leangelo, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're going – they'll probably go to NOLA, better food, better weather. What is what is an Exhibit 10 contract, by the way? Do you know? Exhibit 10 contract is – I don't know the exact terms, but it's just essentially – it's unguaranteed. Um, it's like a training camp thing. There's definitely more to it, and I'm okay. being ignorant by it, but it's essentially to the lower-level knowledge people like us that don't watch Rick and Morty. Um Mm-hmm. Just yes. yeah, uh, just contract for practice squad or what's well, a training camp? Okay. Yeah, that's what Angelo signed. So I just, I mean, it sounds like yeah. he's not going to ever play. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he'll probably play though. Yeah, I mean, Detroit has nothing going, so they it's like the Flint Tropics. They just bring someone to put people in the seats. Like they're going to want to see a ball, brother. Valid. Like valid. at some point, it's like putting Tebow on the Mets. And he never played for the Mets, right? But he did. He was on no, the squad. I don't think so. He showed up like for he played some uh some of the games in Arizona like preseason, and that got people in the seats. It's just that kind of gimmick. No offense to Tebow, we'll get him on. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Any last thoughts on the trip, Phil? Uh, no. Do you have any wrapping up thoughts? Because I have one thing I want to throw at you. I do not. So throw it at me. Jerseys. City edition. Jerseys. City edition. The jerseys, off the top of my head, the Spurs were pretty sick. The Warriors did their thing. And I'm sticking by, I I like the Sixers one. I I, I like the whole thing they went for with the black and the modest uh, kind of. Boathouse Row. It's not like a skyline, but whatever it is. I drive by it all the time at school. Boathouse Row. Okay, cool. Yeah, it looks. It looks really cool. Yeah, so for me, it was cool. But yeah, I was big on the Philly one. Very clean, classic. A lot of black this year. But I don't know. I guess that's just the wave. Except for the Mavs. I thought the Mavs was disgusting. Just like a weird angelic white and light gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. It doesn't work when your players, when your two all-stars are pasty white guys. Yeah, and the Knicks was horrible. Knicks was, I really hope they don't wear that. I don't think they can. But... I think they almost pulled it. Because there was a point yesterday when they were yeah. supposed to release it, and they were like, the Knicks didn't have theirs out. So I think they were like, do we do we switch it? Do we change it? But I guess they didn't have it in time. Pacers were nice, too. I like the Pacers. Stripes. That should be the regular. Pinstripes are in. Yeah. Buzz City, Pacers, Orlando. They... Char- or not Charlotte, Chicago. A lot of yeah. Pinstripes. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's where I stand. Yes. Spurs are top of the list. Top of the crop. All right. Well, that will conclude our emergency podcast. We'll be back next week with uh, Nick's preview pod. Excited for that one, for sure. Got to get that out of the way. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Catch us on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor app. Catch us on YouTube, Hoopscoop, Twitter, at Hoopscoop Pod. We got our website up. Got an article couple articles coming your way also and we'll see you guys next time peace peace